All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode four of Dry Eye Hive here. Thanks for everyone uh, for being here. And we're going to discuss marketing tonight. And I know we have some people that are taking off. Uh, Dr. Pham is picking up his son from college. And uh, it's my mom's birthday. So um, my dad's taking my mom out for dinner. <laughs> so that's what's going on. I think Dr. Beck's going to be a little late here. Uh, but marketing is uh, one of my passions here. So we're going to, and I have quite a bit of experience in the marketing field, just self-taught as many of us are, and you know, what we do even in our practices. Nobody knew how to do medical billing and coding and uh, prior authorizations. You just kind of learn it and pick it up as you go. This is the fourth installment of Dry Eye Hive. And if you're listening to this, um, recording this on January 7th, we're going to have the sixth and final episode of Dry Eye Hive Masterclass Series that will air uh, on Tuesday. The Let me look up the date real quick. Tuesday, January 10th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to have some really engaging discussions clinically and business focused. So I hope you join us on the last one then. And I want to thank our sponsors who have made this financially possible. They are Zocular, which is an okra-based dry eye uh, treatment. And they have different in-office procedures and at-home things that you can offer your patients. So please support them. And then also Dry Eye Rescue, who has basically uh, made a program that allows optometrists to sell products at your office without having to stock everything and they have marketing resources for you so check them out too zocular.com and dryeyerescue.com and i really hope you have enjoyed this series so let's let's hit the marketing hard here so to begin here I'm gonna just kind of walk you through my journey of how um, I marketed dry eye in my dad's practice starting five, six years ago, just to show you kind of the evolution of where we came from. And Dr. Evans, uh, I know you hit the marketing heavy too. So you probably have some old, you know, stuff we could talk about. Oh and, yeah, no, marketing's key. Yep. And I think a lot of times, you know, we neglect it. We say, okay, I have this great patient base. Why would I do any marketing? I mean, all my dry eyes are right in my practice. And there's a term called pipeline velocity. And what pipeline velocity means is you kind of, you got to build this pipe because you don't know when those, those dry eye patients are going to pop out and convert to, you know, paying customers. So I'm going to share my screen. Give me just one second here. Got so many tabs open right now because I got. I'm going to share some video content. Um, I'm curious, what is everyone's marketing budget just in totality in your practice? Is it one percent, zero, five percent? Uh, just just throw it out there. What benchmark you've been at? And don't be embarrassed. It's okay if it's zero. Uh, yeah, we, I, I, I'll, I'll go first. I'll just tell you, yeah. that, you know, we on average we're usually around two percent. Um, we're a high, a little bit higher grossing office, so a two percent for us is uh, gets us enough uh, web presence. Uh, uh, kind of a diminishing return. You spend a little too much. You really kind of depending on your market. For us, five thousand in Google is is pretty good. Um, a little bit on on um, maybe TV and direct mailers, but yeah, about two percent is where we end up in. 
2%. And is that of gross charges, uh, net collections, or how do you determine that? Yeah. So we, we have, it depends on the office. Um, some offices were as high as three and 4% because we're more focused in dry eye and it's a higher profitability as a percentage. Others are, are more, uh, you know, glasses oriented, uh, routine exams, maybe more vision plans. So, it's, you know, again, we're willing to spend a little less to get those those people, but uh, it's off of the gross number. Yeah. So gross revenue, top line. Okay. So Jason said 3% considering going to three and a half during the recession to, to drive up the volume. So yeah, it's a, you have to have a little risk tolerance. And if you're going to talk to any marketing executive, you have to realize times have changed. Um, it used to be, well, if I spend 10000 will I get 100000 out of that? It's hard to track that stuff. And so what you have to look at is uh, a lot of that's what I call vanity metrics. So it used to, you know, the reason Instagram took away like counts or, you know, when you heart something is because it's all vanity. It doesn't matter if you got a million likes. It's about did you get 500,000 comments? We all know comments and interaction is more important than a click. Uh, same thing with YouTube. When you look at YouTube, YouTube rewards people who, when you stick on that video for the entirety of the video or 75%, YouTube rewards those algorithm, those videos because there's something sticky about it and they can keep people on that platform. So I'm going to go ahead and share just some super old uh, print ads that we ran in a, a fine ladies magazine. And it was called Her Life. Has anyone ever advertised in a magazine? So, uh, so it's called Her Life. Uh, Jennifer, Aaron, okay, you guys have advertised in a magazine, okay. And so, let's see here. I've got too many screens. Let's go over to this one. Uh, this one here, okay. All right, so here we go. I'm gonna pull up some of these ads. All right, can you guys see this here? Yeah, All right, so this, this was an ad I ran in the Her Life magazine, and I'm going to go through five or six renditions quickly here. So it was a full-page ad, glossy, costed us, I'm just, it was over a 1000 bucks. I think it was between a 1000 to $1,500 per full-page ad, and it came out once a month. And the advertisements were all focused around beauty and health and wellness for women. You had a lot of aesthetic ads in there, cool sculpting. Uh, hair removal, injections, all that stuff. We were the only eye care provider in there. And we got uh, anywhere from two to three patients per month out of this. And how did we track it? The reason we tracked it with qualitative findings, which was the patient, we asked the patient, how did you hear about us when they're in the exam room? And they said, I saw you in her life. They literally would say that right to your face. And a commonality among all of them was they've all been to dry eye doctors. They've been to optometrists and ophthalmologists. But when we had that ad that was specifically pinpointed to it, it worked. Um, this was actually my personal cell phone here. Uh, don't, don't, don't text me or call me. <laughs> um, but patients really did. They, they texted me and it was easy. I was always very attentive to my phone. Uh, this dry eye test here uh, was a special landing page we set up, which I'm going to take you to that landing page in, in, in a little. I don't think it's still active. And that was it. So let me go to some other ads we ran. Uh, that was the same one. Okay. 
Here's another one. You know, the creative really matters. You know, we kind of switched it up every month. Fourth one. I think this is our best one. New Year's resolution. I think we ran that in December, January, and February. And we put all the symptoms down there. Uh, this is a call tracking number. So we were able to track based on that phone number, you know, how many calls we're getting. It's not like we obsessed about it. Uh, we put a little box around it to make it a little better. Uh, we took this, the graphic designer took the eyes, made them a little red, as you noticed here. Obviously, it's a little exaggeration. And let's see here. Okay, and then we did an article, which was what they call a highlight. And it was more of an advertorial. So it looks like an article, but it's really an advertisement. So all these things were done You can in 2017. So five years ago, we were hitting the, the print magazines pretty hard. I'm not saying that's what you should do. I'm just saying it is a consideration. But what we were looking at is we were creating the market. And we're, I think everyone here is still creating the market for, for dry eye. It, it's not a mature market like buying a smartphone is. So smartphones are a commodity. This is not a, a, a commodity yet. So there's an education part, you know, that goes through this. So by the time they see you, your Google AdWords, your print magazine ads, and your social media are like, this has to be the guy or the gal that I need to go see. Um, Dr. Evans, what have you done uh, print-wise that has either failed or succeeded? Yeah, I'll say, you know, when you do print, it's kind of a long-term play. Uh, again, you have to be consistent with it. You've got to do it for for really months, sign up for at least six months to a year. Um, I would, I wouldn't say that'd be the first thing you should do. I mean, there's first step would be to put a, a, a page on your webpage talking about dry eye, something unique there. Um, maybe do some Google ads, but, but it is your point is that people need to see things two, three different times, maybe more before they even uh, remember it, much less called out to do something, uh, once they get there. So they need to see it on the internet and to see it in their favorite magazine coming in, even if it's a small thing, you know. And, and, and we've tried to track the, uh, we do mailers as well, um, and print, print mailers, you know, eight and a half by 11 full sheets uh, that come into the mail. We don't get a, a big return each time we do it, but every time we do it, we it's a higher return. You know, it's kind of weird. You do get three, what is your, and you get five, and then you get 10. And yeah, you use a mail house for that. Or how do you segment the audience based on zip code or income levels or yeah, we do. We use a thing called Mail Innovations, um, which basically you can pick your uh, zip codes based on demographics and income levels, and you can cherry pick your whole area. Um, it's really pretty. And, and there's another one called Every Door. I think it's the post office's uh, version, and they they do the same thing. They put one of the one of your mailers in every single um, house within that that zip code or block. I mean, you can get down to the street level if you really have an area you really want to target. Mm -hmm. Dry eyes a little bit out of pocket, so you do want to have a little bit higher income bracket, probably if you're going to spend the money to do it. Um, but you know, overall, you know, the web is probably still number one. Uh, but you need to hit them from both ways. Again, they are going to see it in a print. They're going to throw it away three times uh, in the mail. Uh, they're going to maybe see it in an ad, and and then they're going to Google it and see it and go, you know what? I got to finally go there. You know, and and you are creating the market. Um, you can have a landing page that's created for very uh, inexpensive, something that just talks about dry eye. Because when you land on your your website, your general website, your practice website, you're going to be talking about 
contact lenses, exams, the importance of all these other things, dry eye may get overlooked and be, you know, may not even be there. If it is there, maybe five tabs over uh, versus a landing page, even if it is a print, uh, like, like Perry did, even if it is a print, you may want to have a special landing page. When they land on that page, it just talks about what they really want to get to is, you know, what, what do you offer that's different? What, what machines do you have? What techniques do you have? You know, whatever about dry eye, very specific to dry eye. If not, they're going to bounce, help bounce rate. They're going to bounce right away. So, yeah. And then, you know, that landing page, usually it could be, you could go and collect their email, their cell phone, all that stuff. I will say from a consumer standpoint, I think it's annoying. The whole drip marketing concept is annoying today. Uh, and oh, we yeah. ignore it. So you yep. got to be careful. You can't just, I know if you ever sign up for Snap Fitness, Right away, when you put any type of information on it, they call you in like four seconds and it's like, okay, you know, I'm not that interested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so I was going to show you, uh, let's go to, to the website portion and then we're going to hop into uh, the video and then we'll kind of talk about it as a group a little more strategically. Okay. So let's share this screen again. Try um, center. Okay, so this is my father's website that we built right at the top here. Uh, you can see there's a dry eye candidacy test um, that we built and it's, it's front and center, it's at the top. That was the most important. Um, instead of, you know, you go to any optometrist website, it says, it says eye exams, um, our team. And so this goes what we treat. And then right there it's dry eye and related issues. So this is, navigation is very important how people, you know, go through the website. So we're guiding people to that, you know, that right direction. And my suggestion is to you, you need to write all your own content. You can't, I would not rely on your web agency, whoever that is to write it for you, even though they say they're the experts, they're the masters, your philosophies and your tone is really important to how you convey yourself. Uh, we have a little form right here on our website, you know, Tell us about your dry eye problem. Uh, they could schedule now if they wanted. And, you know, this kind of goes through all of the philosophies, diagnosis, you know, all this stuff here. People want to read. So there, there's a lot of content there. Uh, a little FAQ here uh, as well. And then if you were to go to our, the blog, and this is, all takes years to develop. So don't feel like you got to conquer this all at once to build the page. I mean, that page, this probably page probably took us two, three months to build. And especially when you go through all the revisions. And then I know blogging still is important if you want to get your SEO up. So even if you wrote one dry eye article, thousand to 2000 words every quarter, uh, you would be well on your way to start to get some of that SEO. I mean, how many people are writing about LLT? Or I think Dr. Beck was mm -hmm. mentioning something about plasma or some other new device you guys are getting, Dr. Yeah, it's called Nuvisa. So we're using Nuvisa. It's a, basically a, a microderm. Basically, you, you can reduce uh, undercable chalasis uh, as well as do a non-surgical lephroplasty. Uh, an optometrist can do it in certain states. So, right. So, like, I mean, if who's going to have any information about that? 
And so you're going to be number one uh, on Google right away because you have content developed for that. So I'm going to go ahead through this dry candidacy test. And I think people are looking for answers. And this is something, you know, we thought was good. So I'm just going to fill it out. You know, I'm male. I am in this age bracket. You guys can copy all this. You know, there's there's no IEP here. Okay, so I'm going to hit dryness. Um, none of that. Maybe a little anxiety. Okay, there we go. We got a tired person here. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay, so then you know we do ask for their their name here. I honestly don't know if this form is live anymore. Whoops. So don't hate me if it fails. Okay, so there's going to be some confirmation or something here. Okay, so obviously that's broken. Um, you know, my dad sold the private equity a year and a half ago, and they obviously don't maintain the website, which is uh, none of his problem anymore. So, um, so that's just a little about the web presence. Dr. Evans, I know you and, and Dr. Salzberg here, you, you're very heavy on the web. Uh, how do you decide how to do web stuff, Dr. Salisbury? I mean, it's, it's complicated because we're doing a lot more social media. Um, you know, we're doing TikToks and Instagram. Um, and, and, and like you said, it takes many months to years to kind of build up that community. Uh, you just don't turn on a switch and it happens. So we're trying to kind of chip away at, at, at the low hanging fruit, certainly within their practice. Um, but we're trying to get external people to come in and, uh, you know, we've done print ads and, and we've done them successfully um, over a period of probably about three years, but the ROI hasn't been the greatest. I think for us, we're, we're really focusing on social media, going out to the, the, the community as opposed to having them come to our website, but we're still active with the websites. I think video is really the place to be right now. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think video, uh, we have a, we have, happen to have an in-house video team. Um, and I could share my screen on a couple of videos we did on our website as well. But, you know, it's, it's important to show the, the dry eye patient has been to a lot of different offices. They're pretty skeptical that anybody's doing anything different than the last two or three places. So if you've got something you're proud of, whether it's a machine or a, a spa area or anything different, you really need to put it in at least photography, in, in photo form out there and let people see it. Um, but video, of course, if the doctor is willing to get on and talk for a little bit, that helps and goes a long way. Um, again, these, these patients are looking for something different, somebody that's really taken dry eye seriously. And when you have some photography or some videography about dry eye specific, it, 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 at least get them to call you. And then they're going to talk to, we have a, we actually have a call center on, a, um, say a call center. We had one person that would answer the phone for, for our specific ads and, you know, they would listen for 20, 30 minutes to patients talk about 
their dry eye and their whole story. And, and it's a really a pretty interesting long story for the average person. And so the, if you can answer a couple of key questions, what are your testing techniques? What do you have? What can you do? They come in and they're very motivated uh, and, and they're, they're going to buy right into treatment because they've already kind of heard about what's covered, what's not covered. Um, so again, you don't want to just have it the phone. Anybody can answer the phone in your office, but if it is going to be a dry eye patient that's calling, it's not the same as just a routine patient calling. You need someone who um, knows what they're talking and versed in the jargon of dry eye a little bit, because I can tell you, as we saw in a couple episodes back uh, when we had uh, dry eye patients on this, on this dry eye hive, they were very uh, educated as much as most doctors on, on the different techniques of what you have and what you don't have. So it's tough. Um, you know, again, we, we implemented dry eye clinics to seven of our offices and now we've condensed it down to one or two uh, only because it's tough to have the right people that love dry eye and are feeling it just like it's hard to have a pediatric office uh, or vision therapy office. You really need to make sure your the doctor's on board and the staff is on board to really do it the right way, in our opinion. Get the yeah, ROI, I, at least. I think I love what you just mentioned. You, Here's the call. Ring, ring, ring. Um, Perry's Eye Center. How can I help you? Hi, do you guys have uh, IPL? Yes. Click. Oh, yeah. It's not that conversation. You need to probe the conversation. It needs to be a conversationalist caring. Where have you been? How are you feeling? Do you wear contacts? And that you have to coach that. And you can't be in a rush to get that person off the phone. Yeah, it's almost better to take voicemail on some of those or transfer it to a, say, please hold me, get a dry eye, my dry eye, um, you know, nurse or, or, you know, whatever you want to call them to answer them because it, it's just that important. People are signing up for expensive procedures and depending on what you're doing and, and you got one chance to get them in. Uh, you don't want to see the wrong thing or they're gone because you spend a lot of money to get that phone call, uh, even more than you did that VSP patient or, you know, whatever. So you, you, you really want to, uh, nurture that phone call and have the right person do it. Even if it's a, Hey, I'll have the doctor call you back. Or if you would, depending on how big of office you have or how many staff members you have, but you really want the champion everyone talks about, you just need one person to really go all in, do some education, uh, you know, just learn dry eye and, and uh, have them maybe answer your phone call. Yeah. Uh, does anyone in the audience, you're more than welcome to speak up, unmute yourself at any time, just to let you know, this is kind of an, an open platform. Um, how, how does anyone else feel these calls? Or do you feel like you're struggling or, you know, need coaching, professional advice? Okay. Hey, um, Perry. Yeah. Sorry, it's Jen. I'm uh, doing carpool duty. I'm almost home. I'm not watching my screen. That's why it's off. But we trust you. We have a <laughs> we have a really small office, like three, four staff. But I have um, the approach I've taken, and I think it could work larger or small. Is that um, all of my staff? Here, I'm gonna let my daughter out a second before I pull in next to big three quarter ton truck. Um, all of my staff know how to answer the basic questions, but then they, um, I have kind of one lead or team champion, if you will, that, um, I'm going to stop that, um, that goes into more depth and she's a dry eye patient myself that, you know, works in my office and does some of the treatment. So I'll often have my staff 
get them started and see if they can get them scheduled and then have my kind of one dry eye champion find a time where that person can call back and make sure they know what's like what to expect in the consultation, maybe tee up some of the IPL or radio frequency or something. Right. So you're not going into kind of a, I don't want to say a cold sale presentation, right? Like people know what to expect when they come in, how long it's going to be. But most of my staff know at least kind of the basics. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. No. I think, yeah. I think, yeah. The more you train the staff, and it's only going to help, I think, the conversion of for sure of that, of that high value uh, dry eye patient, no doubt. I've even had it where the patient's asking a lot of questions. They're going down their laundry list. And we said, look, why don't we just schedule a, a 15 minute call with Dr. Brill. It's no charge. And it's just good to validate that patient. You know, that patient's worth $2,000 automatically. Uh, we, that's what we kind of put that dollar amount. So it's like, sometimes you just got to spend the time just as you would with ortho K. You want to make sure they're the right person coming into your office. I think you also have to manage expectations too. I mean, some of these patients are so challenged and, and desperate that you don't want to overpromise. I mean, I think one of the things that we do is we say, look, we don't want your disease to get any worse. And, you know, ultimately that's what we want. And if we can lessen your, the severity of your symptoms, that's a bonus. Cause I think people, you know, when they're looking at reading about this new technology and jumping from one doctor to the next, unfortunately, a lot of these, these patients have already experienced some of this technology that we're offering. So we have to be very careful in the, in the patients that we choose to treat as opposed to the, just the ones that are, that are, you know, knocking on our doors and, 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 and suggesting that, you know, they'd be a good candidate for, for most of these treatments. So, uh, you know, dry eyes tough. I mean, I, I don't think you ever get a person feeling like nine out of 10 um, anymore. At least, at least I think people are, are more comfortable, but again, it's like gum recession. You want to stop it in its tracks as opposed to waiting before it's too late. I agree. So how do you filter out that person who may be not a good patient in, in a practice? Is it okay to say no or, or do you just limit treatment? Or I what? think, I think it's, it comes down to expectations. You know, if you look at their meibomian glands and, and, and they're, they're shunted and, and, and there's nothing left. I mean, certainly you can do this, but I think a lot of clinics will overpromise and underdeliver, and you're really shooting yourself in the foot. Um, you want to do what's best for the patient, but you have to be very reasonable and set, set reasonable expectations so they know that, um, you know, you have your their best interests at heart, but it, it may be too late. Again, uh, you know, some of these more complicated neuropathic or neurotrophic uh, keratitis, sometimes there's nothing you can do. No, I agree. I mean, Dr. Beck would speak for, for us at Dry Rescue a little more than me, and he's, he's not here yet, but I my understanding is that we present the best, you know, the best options first. And if they may, if they can't afford it, then we give them a second best option or a third best option. We give them all the different ways of, of trying to get that care. And if, if they're of unrealistic expectations, then, you know, we might have to just, we have to just tell them, listen, maybe we're not right. Good fit for you because, you know, we're going to try everything. We have all the, we have all the equipment that is, that is available in the market. We have all, we're doing all the testing to make sure we're doing the right, um, treatment for your specific dry eye, but but again, we can't always uh, guarantee outcomes. But we we talk in generalities that a lot of people do improve, but 
not everyone um, depends on on your your main factors that are that are driving this autoimmune or other conditions there's just some things it's just really tough to, to handle but i mean the good news is is that a lot of the techniques treatments that we offer now do do work they if they um uh, do it on a, on a routine basis whether it's at home cleanings and drops and and coming back for ipls or or amniotic membranes really uh you know those type of things really do work um not 100 percent on anything but if you if you if you throw the gamut, we have a package that's you know well over three thousand dollars, and ninety nine percent of the over ninety percent of the time, the patient is absolutely blown away with what what you know their outcomes after six months to a year. Uh, but it takes that long to do all the different things, and and uh, you know we never really know which which one was the the main one that that fixed their 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 symptoms. But overall, um, you know, there's a lot now available now, a lot more available than there used to be even three years ago. So you, you can just, it, it, just give like, like Harry said, you know, the expectations, you just got to, um, manage those and, and not over promise. So uh, when we first got a lip of flow, we over promised, we didn't know better. Just four, four years ago, we said, Hey, we got this new thing. It'll fix you. It, you know, it, we still have a lip of flow and we love it, but it, it's a matter of now putting it in the right context of, of what, it, what it can and can't do. And there's just nothing out there that's going to fix everything. Mm-hmm. So Shannon asks, can we, can we talk about staff training or training a dry eye champion at some point? You know, I think uh, I'm just coming up with the concept on the fly. I like learning through immersion. I, I don't want to be stuck on a computer curriculum course. Don't put me through a learning management system. Uh, I think if you can get, if we could get staff to hop on a call like this with other dry eye clinics and, you know, maybe it's once a week for that culture, that immersion. That's how I would want to learn. I don't know about you guys, though, but it can't all be done in one one hour office meeting. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say that when we started, there was a we our whole office didn't know anything about dry, including the doctors more than, you know, more than than anyone. We just didn't we didn't know a whole lot about dry eye. So we. We signed up with Dry Eye Access, which I have no ownership in that. Just you know, but but we signed up with there, and it's minimal. I don't remember the cost. It was maybe less than five hundred dollars, and you got uh, your entire staff could go in there and learn and basically get the basics, watch videos, um, and and then we just started doing some different Dry Eye in the office. And it's like anything else, like you said, emergent. The more time, the more you start doing things and getting a result, you, you're going to see someone that really loves it. Uh, that pops up out of out of the other two or three or four and and that person you send to different events you know whether it's ce events or dry university or some other events where they 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 get that um that in-person training uh so there's more of those coming on there's there's eyes on dry eyes a virtual event as well coming up in a couple months which has got two two full days of dry eye all the experts not all of them but a lot of the kols in the country are going to be on there and talking about dry eye so there's there's different ways you can get get that done. None of it's usually absolutely free, but but you kind of get what you pay for. Um, there's also dry eye consultants that we I know of at least four different consultants out there that you can sign up with, and that they're, they'll kind of walk you through the process, give you protocols. It's hard. Dry dry eye in general is a little more complex than people give it credit until you get in there. It's hard to get started. It's a little bit overwhelming for the average person. So just depending on where you're, if you're starting from ground zero, yeah, you need a little bit yeah. of help to get. I will, I will say if you, if you want to make this an emphasis in your practice, you're going to have to pay this person and not a tech salary, 
above a tech salary. This is going to be a scribe like salary who has responsibility. I'm not saying you got to bonus them or put, give them skin in the game, but this is potentially a, this is a six figure thing for your practice. Um, well, I'm going to get back to some of the social media stuff. So, uh, do you guys know Dr. Tommy Pinkston? Anybody ring a bell? Mm-mm. Okay. He, uh, has done some influencer marketing in the past month and it is excellent. And influencer marketing is very cheap. It's extremely cheap and high reach. So basically what you do is uh, all of us have influencers in an area, you know, we're not going to hit up, uh, Britney Spears because, we don't have anything, you know, we're not selling anything that she would promote to the world. But if you have mommy influencers or daddy influencers, we all have them in our communities. They they have 10,000 followers, 20,000, and they could be called micro influencers. And many of them probably have dry eye. And if you can hit them up and say, look, one, I'm going to give you free dry eye treatments or two, I'll just pay you. I'll pay you 300 bucks, 500 bucks. It's a very cheap form of advertising. And so you get them to come in, you video the visit. They're going to have a, a day rate, half day rate. They're, they're very professional. This is literally their job to produce social content. So I'm going to show you an example of this. that's extremely fun. Um, some of you may recognize this crazy guy, but this is a, a clogger. And this was not for dry eye at all. This is just for fun. So I'm going to play this video here. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of like <laughs> dad looking guy, but he, he's, he's very good at clogging. I think they call it, uh, let's watch another one here. It's not something you really see much anymore. Anyways, so this guy has 241,000 followers. I, I know he, does, he doesn't look like much, but he's a very big presence in uh, Haywood County, North Carolina. And so I'm going to go over to Tommy's uh, Instagram. So here he is, Haywood Family Eye Care. And he paid this influencer to come in and, and, and do a thing. So I'm going to play this. So, um, you know, it, it's just fun and it was a, a small cost. I don't know if Tommy paid him, if he just said, floated him some eyewear. I'm not really sure what he did, but I, I think it's a good concept. And you just got to take those risks. Uh, has anyone done any influencer marketing here at all? No, nothing yet. Um, okay. Does anyone have any questions on how you would go about this? Finding these people, messaging them, is it kind of foreign to you? So well, yeah, can I, I mean, ask? Pay- oh, oh, go ahead. Anybody, yeah. yeah. I, mean, pay- I mean, my biggest thing is when I look at these people, I'm like, how do I know these people even have 
a legit following that's local. Yes, you're very much so right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, some of these the guy's a funny dancer, so he's going to have people all over the the world. And I, those are metrics and things that the influencers should know when you go, you know, go after them. Yeah, but I need a hold of them. Just email them and just say you want to. You know, are you in our area? Would you be open to this? Do they uh, do they advertise their services to do yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I'll go to. I'm just going to go to a friend of mine. Uh, it's not related to eye care at all. It's uh, a dog, <laughs> a doggy influencer. Uh, noodles. But you have to remember, like, okay, this guy has 240,000 followers. Just even imagine the guy has 5,000 followers who are local. It just takes one, you know, one to get that patient in. You know, that was always my goal when doing dry advertising. Can we get one person a month, you know? And then over three years, you're like, wow, we attracted 30 dry patients and they come back every single year. So I think setting expectations for those conversion rates is also helpful. Did you pay? Did you pay for the to drive traffic to your landing page? Because you know we we pay uh, Google and things like that, and we we get well over probably seven a week um, dry eye patients. Um, but we pay for it, you know. Again, so we had to do the math on what you know how much we're paying, how much are they're worth. But did you ever yeah. pay to drive traffic? Yeah, yeah, we, organic. Yeah, I think we threw a thousand bucks at Google AdWords a month, specifically okay. for dry eye, not for any routine services. Because routine came in through the vision plans already. It was kind of pointless. Uh, but like, here's one. Uh, Noodles the Pooch has 308,000 followers. Uh, they all have email for collaboration. And, you know, you click their link. Let's click this. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so they actually they advertise their their services to email them for collaboration on this is on Instagram. Uh, I'm not I have an Instagram, but I'm not Instagram. Yeah, so there's the email right there. You, you just reach out to them. You know, going uh, rate of how how much they charge for different levels of. So it I don't I think it's cost per impression or has to do with their follower account and things like that. They they'll have set rates, so they'll hand you just like a, a PDF flyer. Um Jared Plank was saying he got 5x the likes he normally does. So yeah, that is also an important thing if social is important to you, compare your reach of influencer posts to um just non-influencer stuff you're doing. Hey, Perry. Uh, yeah, Sorry. Are you free? Am I? Go. I, I, so here's my question about um, social media and website stuff. Um, so we have a very robust website. It's probably a little more robust than we need to. I use iCare Pro, whatever. We're on this specialty. We have a lot of stuff. I'm actually kind of retweaking it right now, right? As you bring in and evolve and do things like that. I have a pretty good reach. We get a lot of things through Google. We get a lot of new patients through Google. I'm in a metro area here in, uh, in Iowa. Very similar to Kansas City, right? I'm in Des Moines. And... So the whole social media thing is, I don't know, maybe I'm in that, I'd say age bracket, but I don't know. I, I'm not on it. Here's the deal. I don't care. I don't under, 
understand how to get things to cross post or what gets likes. Well, I kind of do, but, um, you know, like I took a six month hiatus from Facebook. <laughs> That's how I didn't know, even know that you guys were doing this. Right. Wendy had to tell me. And, uh, it's like, how important is it? Like, so I'm not going to build my following or a personal following and a reach. Cause you know what? I, I don't comment, but we certainly in my office, um, we, we have the personalities. We just have to make the content. Right. Um, I mean, how important is that to getting people? I don't know. Does it affect your SEO or is it just the main way that you're going out and reaching people or I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll say a little bit. I'll say in our I, offices, we really don't, that's the one area we are the worst at is social media. Uh, and we just have, we just don't have the time and the resources to do it properly. And it's one of those, if you're not going to do it right, you're almost better off not even doing it because you know, you do it wrong, you know? So um, we, because we know that we don't have the time to do the, the content creation, which doesn't take a lot of time. And we've, we've interviewed some different companies that can do it for you. Um, and it's, it's, it just depends on your client. We're very dry eye focused and dry eye is it tends to be an older crowd. So we don't feel it's as necessary. Now, YouTube is a different thing. If you create, you know, it just depends on how people search and where they are. Um, we, we rank high and, uh, and what we do, we, we spend our money in, in just better landing pages, better video content, more professionals type of things. There's no right or wrong re- way to do it. I mean, there's people that, like, you know, Perry knows people that can do it every different way. And that's, that's the beauty of it. But for us, we're just, we're not as fun and as exciting and, and come up with all the fun. You know, we're more professional, bore, you know, I don't say boring, but, you know, to the point. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just, we're, we just, we're doctor's office. So for us, it's hard because it's not, that sexy and fun uh i care you, you try to make it as best you can but it's not as fun as some of the other things out there and so we just talk about our procedures and what we do and how we, you know it's different but but the difference is if you go to a, most optometry or ophthalmology websites they they're they usually don't have enough visual in my opinion they don't have enough video they don't have enough uh, photography um they didn't stage their office and do it there's not a great there's not good lighting they just took it with an iPhone. It almost looks like so. You really spend the, the, the time on the on the video and the. And, and <coughs> for us, that's what we've we've seen the biggest return, and we do get a lot of dry eye patients uh, through our marketing. And yeah, we do TV. We also do TV commercials um, uh, in our area, uh, and it's not as expensive as people think to do TV. Once you have the, it's more expensive to actually to make the commercial than it is to run it. Depending on what you're, we're trying to do, pick a couple different channels and just dominate those channels. We, we, we like the over, over 50 crowd uh, for dry eye and for progressives and everything else. That's our sweet spot uh, for what we need. Um, yeah. Not that we turn away anybody, but social media, I, was, I would imagine, is more towards younger crowd. And we're, we're just we're in South Florida, uh, East Coast, and it's, 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 a, it's, an older, it's an older population for sure. As a side note, I was listening. Uh, I listen to NPR like every morning when I'm just you know making coffee, you know, just playing around. And I heard an ad for an eye doctor on it. I was like, this is crazy. You know, here I am. I'm just doing my thing in the morning. And all of a sudden I forgot what the clinic's name was, but like, whoa, they had a, a 10 second ad. Can't imagine it was very expensive on the radio, but the reach reach is heavy. And so not saying don't, don't focus on digital first. If you haven't conquered that, you need to set that infrastructure uh, in place first. Um, Kelly was saying it's only important if you want to reach millennials and Gen Z. I totally disagree on that. I My actually mom. have something to say different about that. Okay. Yeah, so, Kelly, go. 
yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> millennials and Gen Z, the only way you're going to get them is with social media. You're not going to get them by watching television. Yeah. That's kind of what that comment was for. Okay, <clears throat> right. Um, because if you are on TikTok, if you're on any of the social media platforms right now, Facebook is millennials and older. TikTok is Gen Z and up. Maybe even Gen Alpha and up, you know. So, I mean, over half of the people on TikTok are easily boomers, Gen Xers. Yep. I know. My so, mom I wouldn't say it's specific only to them. It's just your general radio advertisement sometimes and certainly television. I don't think you're going to reach a lot of the Gen Z and millennials mm -hmm. because half of the people I know don't even have television. And I kind of want everyone to put a little emphasis on this. Organic is not free. So when we say the word organic, we're thinking you didn't pay to put it out there, but you did pay for creativity and the labor and the time to produce that content, the captions and all that stuff. So I like to think my, myself as a media company first. That's why I'm hosting this event because I've gained the chops to attract the crowd, produce the video, put it on YouTube, chop it up into smaller videos. So hello. What's that? Oh, God, I wasn't. Um, I'm so oh. sorry. I wasn't no muted. Worries. In my, did you see my cat? Go, anyway, it's a big hot mess. I'm muted. No worries. We all have pets. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I want to share some video content I made. Uh, Dr. Evans, you're boring. I'm going to show you a little fun and, and yeah. see if you guys like it. And it's okay if you don't. But I thought uh, my dad and I did a pretty good job you know, on these, these things. And so we produced these really for YouTube pre-roll. I don't know about you. I, I'm a creature of YouTube for, for anything, whether I, I, I suck at Google spreadsheets. And so I'm always like <laughs> on YouTube, how do I do this, you know, formula and function? So, okay. Uh, here it is. Okay. Phone, wallet, keys, eye drops, tissues, sunglasses. Stop, stop. Oh, my dry eye is driving me crazy. Stupid dry eyes. I gotta get my dry eye fixed. Okay, on a scale of good to one to ten, how, what do you guys think of that? If you you know you saw that on a YouTube pre-roll or even commercial, <laughs> so that's one. So that was thirty seconds. Uh, let's go to the next video. And we hired uh, a videographer who, who is my friend. Any comments? Feel free to just shout him out. Anybody. <laughs> Oh, are you crying already? Stop it. You know my dry eyes just acting up. There it is. There we go. So precious. So precious. I can't believe this. There it is. Are you seeing this? Stop the eye drops routine. Get to the root cause of your dry eye so you won't miss another special moment. So that was aimed, obviously, at a, a little more family person with a child. Mm -hmm. 
little more emotional. And then the last one is, this is kind of humorous. Why is everybody standing in line? Oh, it's uh, to treat our dry eye. Oh my gosh, I have dry eye too. My dry eye really flares up when I put makeup on. I got mine for my LASIK procedure. I got mine from all my computer work. Yeah, pretty much everyone has it nowadays. Looks like I'm not going shopping. I'm getting behind you in line. So those are the, the three shorts um, that we produce. I think we paid the actors or amateur actors. They're not expensive at all, you know. And if you hire any videographer in your area, they're going to be able to acquire talent. You can use your family, friends, whoever. And I think each of those 30 second shorts were, oh, maybe uh, $2,000 or so. I mean, this guy had a whole camera rig and big stuff, but your, your people will mm -hmm. differ on how it's done. Yeah, I think it's good. Any, any video content is better than of course none. And the more you're out there, there's not a lot of people talking about dry eye on you. I mean, there is on YouTube in general, but your, your local area, there's probably not many people that are doing video commercials. Uh, when we, when we made our commercials on our TV, on TV screen, there's, there's the only competitors we really have is Zydra and C, you know, or Stasis kind of commercials. Uh, but there's nothing local driving in. Um, I don't know if I can share my screen. I can put, yeah, I can yeah, put our, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Try to do. See that? Yep. All right. Works. This is the one we ran on our local area. It's a one minute, but. Is there sound with it? Can you hear it? Uh, you may, when you hit share, there's a button in the bottom left that says share media sound. Uh oh. Sorry. Now where you probably have to stop sharing and share again. Let me share it again. Hold on. Okay. You see in the bottom left. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Advanced testing. Here All right. I've been dealing with dry eyes since I can remember. I didn't realize how precious my eyes were until it started to affect the quality of my life. Eye drops alone didn't work, and I felt like I had tried everything. Yeah, Until she was a patient of ours. recommended me Dry Eye Rescue. Using their advanced testing, they were able to diagnose my exact dry eye condition and put me on a personalized treatment plan to help restore my natural tear production. Now I can finally enjoy life without worrying about my eyes. Like Linda, an estimated 15 million people between the ages of 20 and 80 may suffer from dry eye symptoms in the U.S. Dry eye disease is a chronic and progressive disease that can lead to serious eye problems if left untreated. Call today to schedule a free consultation and take advantage of our 90-day money-back guarantee. Yeah, ours is a little more boring, but again, we were just trying to appeal to the older crowd and just create the, create the market, like you said, very earlier. There's not a lot of people that even know that dry eye is that common and that, they, that it's, it's a problem that they should be looking around for. And we, we get a, a fair amount of calls from that commercial. Well worth doing it. That one yeah. probably cost five grand to do. Um, but and she was a patient of ours that that, that we helped. And she was she she worked for a pair of glasses. 
So we, <laughs> it was easy. Uh, I, I'm going to share another one. This is testimonial. Every dry eye patient, RGP, scleral, you name it. Any patient that had a tear jerk reaction that came in, we'd get the iPad out. And my dad would send me a text. Hey, Perry, come into the exam room because all the texts are too scared to ask. They felt like, oh, my God, God forbid we get a video testimonial from somebody. It's, so I would come in. I'd say, hey, can we do a video testimonial? The patients were totally thrilled. They know they're doing a, a favor to the world sharing that there's something that you can do. So this is, uh, I forgot the chick's name. Hi, my name is Ingrid Rubiano. Uh, I live in Panama. I suffer from mevomian gland dysfunction. Uh, I was misdiagnosticated. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been with this one year. Um, so I, I went to the doctor in Panama where I live. I saw like four, five, six, seven doctors. I went to Colombia and checked my eyes. They said that it was an allergy, that I have uh, Demodex, many, many things. Uh, they, didn't, were, they weren't clear with what I had to do. So I was really desperate because my condition got worse and worse and worse. So I decided to look for a doctor here in the U.S. because you will have more advanced medicine here. I wrote many, many um, clinics and one of them were a Brill clinic with Dr. Raymond Brill. He was the only one that answered me and gave me like a really deep explanation by email. So I didn't think it twice and uh, I knew that I had to come to the U.S. I came here, I got my, uh, he checked my eyes, he saw, he made sure that I had really good glands to do the procedure, the lipid flow procedure. So I did it with him last Monday, today is Friday. I am feeling better, so this is my second um, uh, date, and I think it's good, it's getting good. So I think if you guys have problem with it, you should uh, see a good doctor or someone that helps you out and find the real cause of mevoyan uh, gland dysfunction or your blepharitis or what, whatever it is. Because if you don't treat this thing, you can lose your eyes and it's really miserable when you live like that or blinking all the time. So I recommend it. <laughs> when are you going back to your home? Like in two hours, I have my flight. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, thanks for being our patient. Okay, thank, thank you. you very much. So, you know, you can't make that stuff up. I think it's genuine. And then what I would do with that is I would take that and run that as an advertisement online. And that was your content. It was free. All you got to do is pay for the ad space, uh, Instagram stories, TikTok, Reels. There you go. Um, anyone do testimonials? And where do you place them? There's got to be someone here. Hey, what's up, Dr. Beck? How are you? Yeah, yeah. So just jumping in um, as well. Obviously, I practice, you know, working for for Dry Rescue for Dr. Evans. For those who haven't seen me on these episodes before, um, but so we have done testimonials from some of my patients, and we um, have really done the written testimonials um, through our you know uh, Google responses and the emails that we get back from the patients, you know, thing for our services, and um, we try and really buffer up. Um, a lot of the the SEO kind of marketing because that's we find a lot of our patients end up finding us through that route. Um, either that or our storefronts has been really the big go tos. I mean, yeah, the the TV advertisements did work really really well, especially for the aging population. But for some of our younger clientele who may have cut the cord and don't even have cable TV any longer, um, that it was important for us to be able to make sure we had that online presence um, readily available for them. Yeah, you can you can put those testimonials right on your website if you're on your dry eye page. I mean, again, 
a lot of people, if you have dry eye, you land on the page. If you, if you put a tab on your top, they will, they will read it. They'll go there and you can track it. Um, it's just some, it's like a, it's just a live review of what you can expect. And even a, even if you just had a, a walkthrough of your clinic showing them what the patient could expect uh, during a dry eye evaluation, take him a less than a minute and you and the, and the person would really like to see that before they sign up or go in if it's a new patient. But I know we've talked a lot about external marketing, but a dry eye is one of those that's so common that you really can live off of a lot of it in your own practice, off your patients you already have. And the, the question is, can how do you un um, unmask those patients that are that are suffering without knowing it whether they're getting rid of it they're dropping out of contacts but you know we we do a lot of internal marketing in our offices to really make it known that um you, you don't have an excuse for not asking why about dry eye or not knowing that we're the best dry eye person for you because again i think we spoke before is a lot of offices may be really good at dry eye but the, the average patient if they don't complain about it they're never going to hear or know that the doctor was a specialist in dry eye so if you that's what you want to be, or you want to have that as an area. You really need to make it known when you walk in the front door. Each one of our parking spots has a uh, says parking, and right below it says dry eye. Um, in our in our case, dry eye rescue. But you know, it's just a, just to reiterate: hey, if you have dryness, you may want to bring that up uh, throughout the exam. Uh, and so every every little thing you can do to get the conversation started uh, that's the hardest part of of getting dry eye going. Just yeah. getting you know, asked the the nonverbal cues you mentioned signage uh you have it like on a parking sign that's staked in the ground absolutely every single okay. spot it says dry eye um i don't know if i have a picture i don't think i have a picture of it um but we've got 16 one of our locations we have 16 spots dedicated and there every single one says the name of the office and then below it says dry eye specialty clinic um and we're heavy retail i mean we, we do well over a million glasses we're not like we're just a, a special yeah um, yeah yeah you know dry eye only but we know that the dry patient is is what you know at least fifty percent of your patients that are out there. So, and whether they're wearing contacts or they're they're coming in complaining about vision issues, but half not half, but a large majority of the time, they have an inconsistent tear film, and that's what's driving some of these these uh, symptoms. So, why not talk about it? Uh, and it's the most profitable. We ran the numbers. It's the most profitable patient by far. Is it, you know contact lens patient? They always tell you is two to three times more valuable than a spectacle patient, but Dry eyes is even more than that. So why would you not want to at least uh, make sure you don't lose any of those that walk through? Um, because yeah. they are searching and they're and they're leaving. We have we have seven locations within ten miles. Um, so we have a lot of patients that leave and go to another office and they don't know it's ours. Um, and we <laughs> we it's funny they're all different names and so they have no idea when they come in. They're, they're oh yeah I went to this doctor down there they didn't treat my dry eye now I'm here. You know, so we know they're doing it because that office wasn't a dry eye specialty. And the one that they came to is one of ours that does have like a Dr. Beck or Dr. Zayad there that is, um, you know, really good at dry eye. And they found it and they left. They left the, the fancy glasses and went to another office that had pretty fancy glasses, but had more dry eye. So they're, you know, you, you got to at least expose those patients that they're sitting in the chair. Um, yeah. That really being in the way. chair, um, you know, and, you, and just kind of piggybacking off of the Dr. Evans is that, um, you know, for those who are practicing heavy and dry eye, you may experience this too. Uh, a lot of the patients will ask, you know, why didn't my ophthalmologist tell me about this before? Or why didn't my other optometrist that I saw, um, you know, bring this up to me before? And, that, you know, it usually comes after some imaging that we show them, like myography in the chair as a screening procedure or something along those lines. 
And, you know, I always have the same answer as they, as they say, look, um, you know, I can't speak for the, the way that anybody practices, but a lot of the things that we're learning about dry eye is new, um, you know, in, anything from the technology to the treatments, you know, there's new treatments and products coming out every day. And it's important to us in our practice that we are continuously staying abreast of the groundbreaking ways to be able to help your, your eyes, your vision, your feeling better. And when they know that you're doing that, because, and that's why you guys are here is learning what's new, what's groundbreaking. How am I going to expose my patients to this? Um, you have to let them know in the first place or else they're just going to, you know, not fill out that speed score correctly, or you're not going to bring up the fact that, yeah, my contacts work great and they're comfortable, but I only got four hours out of them before I had to rip them out of my eyes and go back to my glasses. So um, definitely important to have those conversations. Yeah, I would just stand, I would stand in your optical and ask yourself, you know, if I was a new patient, but I know that if you guys want dry eye, would you know that you guys treat dry eye? Um, it's it, most of the time the answer is going to be no. It's going to be in the back corner somewhere that the patient won't to that area and they complain or do something, you know, in that area. So put something, it's not going to scare them away. It's not going to hurt your optical. I can tell you, our optical sales are still the most important thing to us. Um, but dry eye is, um, it's not a scary condition. It's not a, you know, it's not surgery. So people, people don't mind seeing it, and it doesn't scare away from retail at all. Have that. Yeah. I think in most of our clinics, um, the dry eye aspect, when we included it, just built onto the practice and increased, I think it was an average about 20 to 25% of, uh, the year over year revenue once we really started getting up and going. So. It was a nice little, little, nice little boost. And this was even before we started the external marketing of you know, just kind of working with our own patients. Oh, um, missing Perry's voice. I think he's trying to talk, but. Yeah, I did want to talk about spousal approval as a form of marketing because mm -hmm. a lot of times they come in and they're not the decision maker. And then what happens is they go home and say, honey, uh, Dr. Beck wants me to spend 1500 bucks why can't you just take those eye drops? And this is crazy, but my dad came up with the idea and I think it's genius. He takes the patient's phone, personal cell phone, he records her video and says, here's the diagnosis. He points it at, you know, the printouts, the computer, because you're HIPAA compliant at that part. It's their phone. You don't have to worry about sending anything, showing anything. And he records the whole thing, two or three minutes where they can show that to the spouse. There's the friendly doctor. And we found that to be successful. That's yeah, that's genius. Uh, might have to try that. Yeah. So uh, thanks, thanks, Doctor Brill, for yeah, worry, the, the, like, the patient. The patient will say, "Can you write up a report and like send it to me?" It's like, no, no, I can't write up a whole report and send you the images. You're not going to know how to interpret it. You know. No, that's pretty neat. I mean, how many Doctor Beck? How, how many patients are kind of waiting for their spouse to do? I mean, are you getting? And there's a lot of them that are like, hey. Are they, I want to go talk about it with my family to figure out this is what I want to do or. So most of the people, you know, cause the, the setting that I work in is a, a dry eye specialty clinic. So they're kind of already in the mindset that they're, they're going to need something a little bit more than just OTC drops to be able to make this a little bit better. But um, I, I see it two ways. There's, probably maybe 10% of people who are coming in, they'll still want that spousal approval, discuss it, especially with when higher finances come in. Um, but I'm also seeing more and more patients and bring their spouse with, 
and um, especially when they're targeting specifically the dry eye issue. So um, in that regard, I'd be curious, you know, for some of the doctors who are incorporating um, the dry aspect into the comprehensive exams that are bringing back for a true medical visit for dry eye and not trying to cram it all in one. Are the spouses also coming with too, you know, to be able to learn more about it? Or are they, you know, still going to that spousal approval stage? So um, I'd love feedback from you guys, if you guys have anything to be able to add in. Then we get Perry muted again. I can say I don't, it's not my expertise there with the spousal thing. Um, well, while there's dead silence here, does anyone have any burning questions? We'll just kind of do a rapid fire round as we kind of close this up here and soon. Any marketing question, just anything could be super basic even. Uh, don't be afraid. Um, you know, my little disclaimer is just because there's a marketing company within the vertical you can't, don't always believe they're doing things the best way because they're, they're experimenting, they're changing too, they're managing 500 clients, a thousand clients. And so you can never have, nobody's ever an expert in everything. But I think the most important thing is you start spending money. I know it's just start, do something. Google AdWords is honestly the easiest thing. Um, you, what you, I don't recommend you doing it yourself because your professional time is a lot more important, but throw 500 bucks at it. See what happens. And you can track those clicks. You can see the clicks could be $2.50 per click, could be $10 a click. You kind of set the rate and dollar amount you want to spend per, per click. And you only spend the money on, on the click. So if there's no demand, and you allocated $500, no, no money gets spent. So it's pretty easy. Um, it's not like competing on LASIK. I don't even know what that click costs. 50 bucks, 100 bucks. It's probably very expensive. Yeah, dry eye is pretty inexpensive to do. Um, hard part is you have to compete with the prescription drug companies who are going to ratchet that up a little bit because the Zydris and Restasis out there are really uh, making that click a much more expensive Normal. The sweet spot we found in our market is about $3,500 a month um, in Google ad spend. And that does, in some people, that may sound like a lot of money, but I can tell you it's, it's you only need two or three dry eye patients to make that worth it. Um, and these patients are very loyal and they come back, especially if you have something that's that big for them. But also they need contacts and glasses usually as well as an add-on. We call that fallout. But so We've changed most of our marketing uh, budget to just dry eye because dry eye people, patients already have other conditions too. Uh, and, and, you know, insurance patients are going to find it through those, those ways, you know, those other channels, whether it's insurance website, but the dry eye patient we find is really having a hard time finding a specialist in their area. Um, you know, even almost like we used to do glasses. If you had a certain brand, you would you know, put that as your word. Um, but dry eye, if you get really focused in the dry eye, you know, local specialist, dry eye specialist, name your city. Um, yeah. I just put dry eye. Are You guys are in Boca, right? One of your offices. Yeah. Obviously, you yep. know, you're, I, I didn't yeah. rig that, but you know, your dry eye rescue uh, is, is here. And then I think one of your other clinics, Boca View, is that you? Correct. Yep. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, so I'm just going to type 
Anybody want me to search their city and see how you, you know, present? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm just going to type in dry Kansas City because that's where my father is. Uh, Tauber, he's an ophthalmologist. Sabatez, Moy these are all ophthalmology. Um, of course, it, mm -hmm. there's Brill. So we're on the first page, which mm -hmm. is the most important. Obviously, I'm not anywhere near the, the city, so I might get different search results if I was local. But yeah, if you're not, you were... you're not on page sorry, Yeah, you were taking it, taking it into it, I was about to say. Being on page one is key. How many times do you go to a Google search and then jump onto page two to be able to look for a result? If you can't find it, you're searching for another uh, uh, key term to be able to to find something else, right? So, Or uh, to see if there's a link that actually gives you the, the, the thing that you need. So page one, huge, and a good SEO company will definitely really help. Yeah. And if anyone wants, I have a lot of old data from uh, Google Analytics and Google AdWords. If you want all my dry eye keywords, I'm happy to export them to you. You guys can have them. But it has all the long tail stuff because there's all sorts of combinations that you have to try. Um, blepharitis and demodex, uh, dry scratchy red eyes, you know, just all the things people search. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Kelly. Um, I will send that to you. Remind me, text me, or email me if I if I don't do that. So, and I think that's something that we should all collaborate with. Like, look, we're all in different cities. We're not competition. We should be sharing all of the this marketing data that we we try to pay for. But even a, a measly two hundred fifty bucks a month would be something at least to get started on AdWords. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. I can provide that to you, Tanya. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here shortly. Um, anyone have any uh, burning questions relating to, you know, getting the word out? You could even focus on internal if you want. Question for you, um, Perry, because I know I had to join late. I apologize in a meeting run long previous, but um, did you guys talk about um, referrals from other optometry clinics or other ophthalmology oh, clinics at this point. Dark, uh, we yeah, didn't. So, spill, spill the beans. So essentially, when we started getting really confident with how we were doing our examinations, the results that we were getting from our, our patients, um, we actually started marketing ourselves to other ODs in the area. Um, is one of the things that we wanted to do was to support you know other local optometrists um, and not you know, take away from it. And we found there's a lot of times that optometrists don't do that for fear of competition or you know losing a glasses sale, etc. Uh, but when you have a specialty, then it was something that you know, some of these offices don't offer. Like for example, in our clinics, we don't have a, a vision therapist or a binocular vision specialist. So we happily refer to another OD down the street who that's her specialty and that's what she thrives in. And although most of us could dabble in binocular vision, we're not going to do it to the level of a true binocular vision clinic. And I think we start to have to understand that dry eyes the same way, you know, not everybody's going to buy a Lipiflow or an IPL or LLT or whatever else that goes into it. And so we started a referral program um, with our local doctors that we um, are co-managing cases together and where they'll send us the patient, some basic information, maybe a recent exam report, and then we'll do our advanced imaging and our report and co-manage back with the doctor and send them the, the patient right back. 
Um, we even did it when we had them come to our optical that had the dry eye supplies. We would still send back to the other clinics um, to say, look, go get your glasses and your contacts with the doctors and you're over. I'm only here doing your lipoflow procedure at their request because they correctly identified the meibomian gland dysfunction for you. And, you know, we work together in that regard. Um, and then what's nice is with some of these non-billable procedures too, we were able to offer a co-management fee back to these practitioners without, um, you know, breaking any Stark laws or anything that was, was going on as well. And because of that, actually, um, I can give Dr. Evans news on this this week, as we had just done a big launch of some referral programs. We had um, 11 patients um, referred to us in the past three days from uh, outside practitioners uh, to our dry wow. clinic. Um, yeah, six so of them. Private the practice or they more commercial? Because we, we brought in both types of docs. We brought in the, the Target Walmart LensCrafter docs to our dinner meeting, as well as the private practice uh, docs. Uh, did you, which, which type of docs are both? Uh, we're referring you remember so it was um it literally five or six of them came from one private practice doc um that had sent it to us and then um the other four or so four or five were um, split up between some of the, like the lens crafters docs that came through so, so. so what i would say to add to that is that we, we we had a dry eye clinic that was within called bokeh view that perry found on the google search there that was within a primary care optometry office that um Again, it was, uh, you didn't have to have dry eye to go there. It had everything else uh, as well. And we were, we pushed the referral program uh, and it didn't get as good a results as we did recently. And as we just started with this new program, when we moved the dry eye into its own standalone clinic, again, most private practitioners are uh, scared that they're going to lose that dry eye patient, that glasses patient. Uh, even if you promise that you're going to send them back, they just are hesitant. Um, but what you what we did find is that commercial doctors, because they are really exam only on the, what they what they're making, are fine. And they get a ton. Of, we had a dinner the other day. With, uh, we had three lenscrafter docs there at least, um, and they're like, I mean, I ask them how many dry eye patients. Like every single one. I mean, they, they're heavy contact lens. They're heavy. Uh, they're heavy. I want to say users of that, but they. It, they think, and they just want somewhere to send. And they're used to sending a lot of ophthalmology for everything else, cataract surgery. Um, but when they send the dry eye patients to get to ophthalmology, they're not getting anything, uh, anything different that they can do themselves, uh, you know, a brooder mask and, and whatever else. So you could focus on your corporate docs, your corporate ODs. I think how do you approach, to do if that you don't have that. those, those relationships with the corporate folks, how do you approach them? Do you do you pop in? Is it at a doctor dinner? Yeah. Well, we did both. We have a doctor who goes around on his off day. Uh, he's half magician too, so he loves going in. But he goes around and, and hands out brochures and sets the tone. And then we said once a month, we're going to have the dinner. It's a free dinner to come see the clinic. Um, and it's only a quick open house uh, where we just start back and I and some staff walking through the clinic. And then we went across the street to a steakhouse and talked for another hour or two about what we do. Um, again, because the majority of dry eye is still private pay out of pocket, you're able to do a pretty good co-management with that, 20% back. And for a, a, an independent doc, big deal, because these patients are dry eye and they don't have the space. Plus, their, their, um, their setting doesn't really want them to do a lot of dry eye testing and, and longer exams. So, uh, again, as long as you don't steal their patient and you promise to send them back and you do, I think you could, you could do that, just dropping it off a brochure and we have brochures that we can send you if you have a request on you can just change the name or do whatever you want to it but 
it's, it's more visual, you know, and if you have a dry clinic, it's more showing them what you have that they don't. If it was BV, then you, you would show your clinic in your big room where you're, you're doing different things. The dry eye, you're just showing them the equipment and what you do, uh, and you give them a little bit of pricing. And I would say, you know, you could, if you want, you can experiment, do it like the frame reps do. What do they do? They drop off cookies at the front desk. They, yeah. they bring something and it's just something, something little. Everything means a lot. Yeah, we have we have a corporate setting everywhere around us. I mean, we have a doctor in every corner. So uh, it's very competitive. And, and it's funny, we're all kind of cutthroat when it comes to that. But dry eye is more of a, if you're an office that doesn't focus in dry eye, you're happy to let that patient go usually, you know, because it's, it's taking up a lot of chair time and you're not, you're not fixing the problem. And, and you, you're in, in your private practice too, they need direct ascendant ophthalmology because it's so competitive with OD to OD referral. But uh, if you can show them that you're doing something different, I mean, not all, not everyone, but we had, we invited 15 people, I think, uh, or went into 15 offices. I think 12 or 13 were open to it. The other two just said, no. Okay. Yeah. It's a, like, it's you a only need one or two. Like Beck said, there's one doc can send you five people a week. I mean, not yeah, that. I mean, people, imagine you know, just getting one referral a week. I think we would all be thrilled. <laughs> it's yeah. For a steak dinner, so it costs nothing. I mean, yeah. Compared to Google. Yeah. Pay it, pay it. Do it that way, you know, a yeah. referral fee I think instead of. One thing I did want to mention is a referral is not handing the patient a business card. So let's talk about another optometrist. It's not, hey, patient, you have dry eye, go see Dr. Bolenbaker. They're never going to call you. So that optometrist is going to have to, uh, I'm, I learned this from LASIK Plus. What they would do, LASIK Plus had a form that uh, the eye doctor with the tech would fill out. And so when we sent someone for la a LASIK, free LASIK consultation, we had gone to LASIK plus website. We had a little portal. Um, it wasn't password protected or anything. We just put the patient's name, date of birth, one or two pieces of information in there. And then the LASIK clinic took it from there. So what I would imagine is the corporate clinic would fill out a web form, your technician or someone responsible in your office would then do the outreach. Mm -hmm. Yes. We also, our, 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 our referral form has a lot of information on it. It's very visual. It has not only directions and maps, but it has pictures of the clinic. Because again, we're, you know, we're trying to show the patient as well that this is something different and it's very specialized. It has a phone landing page. It has um, uh, the doctor, has a fax number. So the doctor, the idea is that they fill out the referral form. They fax it to us so, so that we have all their information. Uh, and then they hand the hard copy to the patient to take with them. And that way we can contact them as well um, for, you know, and say, hey, you know, Dr. Dr. Beck has sent you over to us, you know, whatever, whatever. And so follow up. But, but yeah, you're, I guess we skipped over that in the beginning of this. But I think that's a strong re referral. If you can really, uh, again, explain to your colleagues in the area, um, you know, there's going to be some that are doing it too. And not, of course, they're not going to refer to you, but majority are still not doing dry eye, right? Not. Yeah. Not every little thing. And some offices might have IPL, but not have Lipoflow. So you could, you know, in the meetings, could figure out a way, um, you know, to, to chair patients and co-manage them. Yeah. So we actually, when we first got started, um, we have, you know, some good relationships with some local ophthalmologists. And uh, when we went to them, we said, look, you know, we're, we're looking to specialize in IPL and LLT and Lipoflow, things that you guys aren't putting into your practice you know, how can we, you know, co-manage with you? You know, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to set up an agreement? You know, how is this going to work? And their office manager just came to us and said, please just take them. Can you just take these just patients exactly. <laughs> out of our chair? Yeah. 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 
right? And so um, they were happy to be able to have another source to send to. So even if it's an ophthalmologist that you don't have a relationship with quite yet, I mean, you can phrase it as, look, I just want to meet a new ophthalmologist in the area. And they'll probably think it's about you referring patients to them. And if you actually like them, you absolutely do too. But, you know, show them what you can do and how you can be able to help them out back and forth beyond just the the refractions and pre and post-op managed care. So uh, it's very similar to low vision. Um, We we purchased a practice two months, three months ago. That's a low vision office. And uh, their entire marketing is they just put a bunch of business cards into a, and they mail it to everybody in the area. And they built a big practice doing that low vision because most people don't want the low vision patient. It's a lot of work and you need certain people to handle it. And if someone walks in and says, I got a low, low vision clinic, please take them. And they, and all they want is a card and a thing and they, they just send them out. And it's not that they don't like them. They're just not built. They're not built to handle that patient. Um, and, and it's private pay for a lot of things or sell these magnifiers and all types of iPads. And, and you know, it, it is, um, you know, again, we may look at them as the most valuable patient, but the average practice, they really don't, they don't, they, 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 they could care less. So they don't want to, can't focus on everything. My wife does myopia control for J and J and that's her big, that's her thing. And, um, we just are, don't do it. Uh, we've tried. We've had 10 doctors go through the training and we're just not going to be myopia. I can't get anybody excited about it. So I'm happy to be myopia patient now. Just, I know, I know my, my yeah. dad and I were talking the other day ago and he's like, man, I, I've seen so many old people now and, and they all have cataracts. And he's like, my day is like half post-ops and I make no money. So he's like, well, why the heck am I seeing all these post-ops? Maybe I'll just send them back to the ophthalmologist so I can focus on some <laughs> you know, revenue generate. But that's... The causation is my dad's near retirement, so his patients are uh, elderly. So, yeah, yeah. Well, he probably weighs a lot of dry eye patients too. Yeah, he does. So, and that's part of it. If you're, you have a young clinic, you have to be patient, right? All right, cool. Well, I appreciate everyone hopping in here. Hopefully, you took away some pearls. You know, all we ask is do something. Just try. Whether it costs money or doesn't cost money, the the best thing you can do is just use the groundwork and in, improve your internal op- operations. Um, it can be as simple as the tone of the person answering the phone or doing the workup, that type of thing. And I know, I know some practices are hesitant to uh, for, to allow their technician to actually describe conditions and stuff. I don't know really why. It's just they're kind of spitting back you know what they see it's not like they're diagnosing the patient during the workup yeah and in that regard too the stuff that you try um come back and tell us how it went because we're always open to hear things i mean obviously we're going to keep on sharing with you what has been working for our practices and our groups um and that's why we love to do this is to be able to share experiences but you know love love to hear the new fresh ideas and no matter how good like you said you can't be an expert on everything so somebody's going to come up with something new in video. I mean, I'm going to start iPad videoing patients now, starting tomorrow uh, as per Dr. Brill. So, um, you know, that was enough of a role for me to be able to get going. So that's why I look forward to these, you know, every couple of weeks too. Yeah. Um, and then real quick on the patient testimonial side, make sure to get a consent. You just need some basic consent form. Just Google it. Just have mm-hmm. some signature, you know, keep that on file, scan it into the patient's chart or something. Need to be too crazy. All right, sounds good. Well, thanks everybody for for hanging out with us. Um, thanks, Tanya. Was it your first time here, Tanya? I haven't seen you before, but welcome. So, 
Dr. Gross. Right. See you online all the time. All right, everyone, have a good night. See you. Good night. Hope you learned something about marketing, learned something about spending dollars, taking risks, and getting online, being social, putting your face out there. If you want to join the next Dry Eye Hive session, the last one, episode six, head to dryeyehive.com. You can also find all the recordings on YouTube. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you love the Entrepreneur Podcast and this series, shoot us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever because, come on, be cool like that.